Hey, just a quick note. This is another one of our special video podcast episodes. You are currently listening to the audio version of this podcast, but we recommend watching the video version as well for some visual context. To find the video version, go to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash or get the link directly from this episode's description. Otherwise, keep this playing and let's get started. Welcome back to Popcord. Jumping right in, we are talking to Noorul N, a 21-year-old from Dubai. Noor became viral on TikTok after sharing her personal traumatic story of an ordinary wedding slash shadi visit to Pakistan gone wrong. Essentially, Noor and her family flew to Pakistan from Dubai to attend her cousin's wedding. And unexpectedly, she found that she was getting engaged against her consent at the age of 12 by her parents. Her TikTok video covering this story has over 1.5 million views as of this recording. And now, Noor is here to share her full story in detail with us on the podcast, as well as her thoughts and her learnings from this incident. You can watch the full TikTok by following the links in our episode's description or her username on TikTok. This is currently a two-part story on her TikTok account, with each part being one minute long. Feel free to watch those videos first before continuing this one. Without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump in with Noor. So my name is Noor and I live in Dubai. I was born and brought up in Dubai and I'm from Pakistan. I recently just graduated from Murdoch University Dubai. So kind of trying to figure out life over here. And yeah, pretty much it. I don't know if I said this, but I'm 21 years old. Okay. And were you born in Pakistan or were you born here in Dubai? No, I was born and brought up in Dubai. But I'm guessing you visit Pakistan pretty often. Yeah, as a child, of course, like I used to go there like every summer. I spent mm -hmm. like three months over there. So you were, you know, the TikTok goes, if I remember correctly, uh, you were 12 years old. You were going to Pakistan for your cousin's wedding, right? And then yes. uh, something strange started happening there. You started noticing people acting weird. Yeah. Am I describing it pretty correctly? <laughs> pretty, pretty correctly, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can kind of share what, what happened from your perspective, from what you remember. Of course, you were only, you know, you were 12. So but what do you remember? So uh, that was the first time that I flew alone to Pakistan because there was some problem going on with the airline. And I remember my mom and siblings, uh, they left and I was stuck at the airport and I had to go back home and uh, fly the next day. So when I arrived, everyone was like, uh, pretty, you know, excited, like, oh my God, you know, your uncles and aunties are so excited to meet you. So it was like that strange behavior kind of started like at the airport itself. And then I went for the wedding and um, a lot of the elders were just treating me really funny. Uh, they started like trying to feed me sweets. And there is this like, I think, ritual where they try to feed you sweets so that you get married off early. And, um, I mean, it's kind of understandable to do that for elders. Like, you know, I was 12. So if they would do that to someone who's like 23, 24, it makes sense. But they started coming to me and they started giving me sweets and uh, pretty weird. But uh, yeah, I just kind of like ignored it. What's funny is as a guy, it's kind of sad too. As a guy, like you get these things as well. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, people would be like, oh, and you know, they try to make you shy, I guess a little bit. And I'm like, I'm 14. Uh, yeah. But, but you never take it that seriously as a guy because we yeah. are not as much, I think, threatened by those things because uh, typically we're not as forced uh, into these types of situations. But in your case, you know, and it's sad, I think for a lot of girls in, in our culture, it's always like, hey, are they joking or are they kind of half serious right now? Yeah. Literally. Yeah, your story will yeah. kind of uh, confirm that. And by the way, so you went to your cousin's wedding. Are you are you a fan of weddings? Do you enjoy weddings? Do you like dance at weddings and all that stuff? <laughs> I'm too shy to dance, but I love dressing up yeah. for weddings. I mean, it's pretty chaotic to go to a Pakistani wedding, especially if it's like your cousins, because you end up being so like responsible of so many other things that are happening around the house. So it's always chaotic. You will never find your things. Um, no matter how early you try to get ready, you'll always be late. So that's like a very, like being fashionably late is like a daisy thing always. Um, but yeah, also coming back to the point that, uh, you said about guys being pressurized, like, 
but not really. Uh, my brother, who is going to be 16, he's the one who tends to hear uh, these things that, oh, you know, like, girlfriend to hogi tumne. And he's like, you know, I have my life ahead. I'm in school right now. So he's like, you know, it's kind of funny sometimes, but then at yeah. the same time, it's like, it's not good to put it in his yeah. head. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a weird double standard. Like uh, a lot of people think that the kid maybe likes it. Uh, I used to get really uncomfortable in those types of situations. Like in our culture, we have to go ahead and get it. It'll be like, yeah, you don't have a girl, you don't have a girlfriend. And then on the other hand, if a girl has that kind of thing, it's like scandalous, you know? Don't talk about girls. Does that happen yeah. in your family? Because it definitely happens in mine. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> a lot. You have no clue. Like, like I, I remember when I was growing up, that's what I kind of started feeling because um, I would never hear like, you know, my cousins talk about any guys in the house, like at all. Or like, I didn't even know until like I grew up that they had like guy friends. And while everyone was sitting together, they would ask the guys like, oh, you know, when do you want to get married? And it was such an easy conversation for them. And I feel like guys tend to get away with it because they know that, you know, they have to work ahead. So they have to build their careers. They then, until and unless they cannot afford to yeah. have a family, yeah. they're right. set, That's you know? True. But like girls, they tend to uh, not have that because, I mean, it, I think it's optional mm -hmm. for like parents if they want to, you know, continue the education or they should be working and then they should marry. I think that's like a, uh, the choice of the parents yeah. usually it's, it's slowly changing i think in a lot of families it's slowly that, yeah. kind of changing that double standard but it's still not there yet yeah. uh, it's still not there yet so anyway back to your wedding story so auntie started giving you sweets and stuff and said tumhari jaldi shaadi ho jaye inshallah wagaira wagaira then what happened from there yeah, yeah so i think the weirdest thing that happened was um i think it was my one of my cousins walima so we had like multiple weddings happening but then the Walima, the first Walima that was happening there, um, my mom starts acting like really sketchy and she's like, um, we have to leave soon. And I asked her like, why, um, you know, the wedding is still going on and we have other weddings to attend as well. And she, I don't know, I didn't understand what she was saying that, you know, your uncle is really excited to see you. Your cousins are so excited to see you. So we have to go soon. And as a child, you know, you are here for the wedding and you just want to have fun with your yeah. cousins. So. Yeah, and I just became so suspicious of, you know, my mom's behavior at that. Uh, I just yeah. started asking my cousins, please check why are we leaving so, you know, soon? We've never left a wedding like this. So, yeah. and then one of my cousins, she just, you know, overheard uh, my mom talking to one of the elders that, oh, we're getting, you know, my daughter engaged. And, you know, she came back to me and she told me that. And it was obviously like a shock to me because... As a 12-year-old, mm -hmm. I don't know how you're supposed to receive that information mm -hmm. about you. Like, you know, you're a child. Um, I thought that, like, maybe it might be a joke. But then with the way that the situation was kind of, like, progressing, like, forward, I knew that it was serious. I didn't take it well. Uh, I went back home. I looked for my mom and I just started, you know, shouting at the top of my lungs that, yeah. you know, how could you do this to me? Um, she had no... It's like, you know... They don't know how to explain themselves and all they can say is that we were mm. going to have this conversation with you but they didn't you know it was too late and i found it in the worst way possible and even if they were going to have that conversation with me my thinking at that age i feel like i was more mature so i understood that this was still not the right conversation to have no matter what time you mm. would have chosen so you were 12 so, and even then you kind of knew about it like like this is not whatever's happening not, is not good, right? Because that's unfortunate. I think a lot of other 12-year-olds, I mean, yeah. because a lot of them might not even know what's yeah. happening and they might think like, uh, you know, whatever my mom is doing is probably for the best. But but you kind of had that, yeah. you know, yeah, of course. Because the thing is like, when you kind of like put yourself in that position, you start thinking that, okay, I'm a 12-year-old getting engaged. What about the people around me who are 12-year-olds? You know, how would they react? And as a child, you're really conscious of those things. Um, that what are other friends of mine going to say? Are they going to be accepting of this? Or do, mm -hmm. or do they deserve to know this? Um, you know, I kept thinking about those things as well. Because as a child, you don't understand what it means to be engaged. I, I kind of did. But at the same time, it's like, you know, 
you don't understand that type of commitment or love or any of that at that age. Even if some people do, they don't really understand it strongly, you know, uh, to how it really should be. And I didn't at that time. So when I did go, uh, you know, we had to leave after like a day, like they, the family ended up convincing them and all, because at that point, when I started shouting, everyone found out that, you know, now I'm aware of this and everyone tried to comfort me, which was so crazy because it's like, now that I look back, that is so messed up because everyone's supposed to be against it. You know, like a 12 year old getting engaged to like her cousin. And at that point, I didn't know that it was my cousin. So Oh, so you didn't even know who the guy was? No. The, the oh, thought okay. of just the engagement itself was like scary, obviously. But mm-hmm. then I get to know so that was it's this, my cousin. Was this a cousin from your guy's side? Uh, sorry, from your dad's side or from your mom's side? From my dad's side. Dad's side, okay. And then where was your dad in this picture? My dad was not in town at that time because he was going to come around like 29, 28, 29th or something. I clearly remember the dates, which is crazy as well, because he, we, we left early. And uh, he just had some work and he's like, you know, I'll come on time. So, yeah. And the engagement actually happened on yeah. 29. So he came like a day or two before that. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so he kind of like missed all of that drama that happened. My mom was the one who had to handle it and the elders around me. But no one talked to me about what it meant to be engaged, what it meant to move forward from that point onwards. All people were trying to do was not like they just wanted me to calm down mm-hmm. that's all yeah wow and even after all of that happened nobody said anything about it so that is so crazy to me that as a child you learn these things from your adults you know and uh yeah i had no clue right. what to do yeah and we're not we're yeah. not talking about like the 70s or 80s or you know the 60s when these types of things were pretty common like for example my mom when she uh, uh when she got arranged my mom and dad uh, and my mom was about 16 when she got engaged and then 19 when she actually got married. Uh, you know, when she got engaged, uh, she didn't, she was just hearing about it kind of like you, right? But this is back in the seventies, mid, mid to late seventies when they got married. Um, so, you know, she was like, I just saw him from a distance and that's about it. And then I, I just heard that I'm getting engaged and my mom told me you're getting engaged and you know, that, that was it. And then they've been married for 45 years now. Uh, these types of stories are like crazy to hear now. But I, I understand that was a different time, you know, and a lot of these marriages turn out pretty successful. So uh, good for them. Like in Ajkalkizamaname, you know, this was what? Yeah. 2012? Uh, what year was this? It was 2011. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when did you find out that it was your cousin that you were getting engaged to? It was like all overnight. So when I got to know that I'm getting engaged and I was just throwing a fit with my mom and then, you know, people started gathering, yeah. obviously, because it's like a wedding house. So they had two different houses and they were like, you know, com- like it's like they were joined together. So the wedding guests were in the other house on the right side and us family were on the left side because, you know, everyone wanted to change and then go and like, you know, cater to the guests. So the guests didn't get to see all that, but the family did. So whatever they heard, it was pretty quiet over there. So everyone heard that, you know, what was happening. So they just tried to comfort me. And then when they did tell me that, you know, it was my cousin, my mom didn't tell me that. It was my aunt who told me. And at that time, I was so weirded out because I call him Pai, you know, and Uh how am I supposed to move forward from that? And even until I think like, like, even the day when I met them and everything, I, I was still calling him Pai. So it was so embarrassing. But at the same time, it was like, how am I supposed to kind of switch from calling someone my brother? How old was he, by the way? He was, he's about eight to nine years older than me. So if I'm not yeah. mistaken, he was 20 at that time. He was 20, you were 12, right? Yeah. So obviously you called him Pai. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so my older brother also is married to his cousin. And uh, mm. she's not, I mean, I think she's like seven years younger than him. So uh, kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, again, you know, it worked out really well for them. They liked each other. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. So it was all consensual. So, you know, Rishta Bheja, she said yes, and everything's good. But in childhood, they tell us that they take candies for their toffees. And I'm oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and they, 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 they joke, yeah, they joke about that so openly. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I get, I'm glad it worked out for you guys, but I could never <laughs> imagine doing that. Yeah. 
so it's not for everybody. A hundred percent, because even when, um, like, you know, after everything that was happening, people started, it's like they were joking about these things. And uh -huh. yeah. like, are you guys saying that it's okay for you to get married to someone that you call your brother for like, you know, almost your entire life and all of a sudden you're like husband you know fiance or whatever yeah. that is yeah. like, that's so weird and to normalize it so much in our society not the joking yeah. thing, right one time uh shortly after they got married like a few few weeks later maybe and she accidentally called him bhai and again i was like this is just uncomfortable <laughs> but but yeah people, yeah people joke about it as if like they kind of know okay but uh, it is what it is i think like we find it weird to like i think uh elders don't i strongly believe that because um they start you know patching kids up like together since like they're young yeah. so we, oh, they yeah. say that you know when they grow up then you know we'll try to see if you know things work out and then we'll try to you know fix them up together and that is what uh so the guy that i uh, like who was getting married over there he's the one who said that to me that you know when I was young and because he got married to his cousin as well and he was like you know we we were told that you know you guys might get married or, uh, later on in like life and all that and he did because uh -huh. and yeah he was saying it to me in, a, in such a way that he was just trying to comfort yeah. me and I could not find comfort in that because I was telling him that yeah. you are way older than me. And if that yeah. was, if I am a child now, then I should not be knowing about these things, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what but, I, I was going to, I was going to ask, you know, he was 20. I mean, yeah, I would say maybe he's one generation up, up from yours, uh, but he was still not that, you know, he's not like an uncle um, at that point in time. So did not, didn't he find it kind of odd that number one, uh, you know, my cousin is way too young. She's 12. Um, and number two, she's against this. So, you know, maybe I should step up and speak up about it. Do you, do you think that crosses his mind? Okay, so from what I'm aware, like to how the story went from his end is that he tried to tell his father that, no, this is not okay because obviously like, you know, we're pretty young and he wanted maybe to get, you know, engaged to someone else, but his father said no. Mm. So, because he's my uncle, he's my dad, yeah. so that's my dad's elder brother, and um, they just had the talk together, and they felt that, you know, they can't break it off or say yeah. no at this point, um, and the guy, I think that he should have stood up and said no still, but then there's this thing where kids just, you know, whatever their parents say, they mm. end up doing it, because they think that, you know, yeah. that whatever parents say is good yeah. for them, but I feel like that was wrong, because he people should realize that I was 12. And, and the craziest thing is that nobody asked if I was mm -hmm. okay with it. So whatever decision was made was against my choice. So it yeah. was without my consent. Even if things were moving forward, no one was asking me what I wanted. It was what he wanted. You know, and even if he didn't want it, people wanted him to say just yes. Okay, elders have agreed. Okay, fine. Move forward. I'm not saying this is in your family, but I've noticed this in my family and a few others. I mean, your dad's older brother basically runs a show for the whole family. So even if your dad is kind of against something, if your Taya says something, you know, that's the law. So what Taya decide family ko run karega. everybody's, you know, Chacha everybody's system. So uh that's, yeah. you know, that's another kind of elder hierarchy thing. Me and my siblings, we we often argue with my mom and dad about this stuff. Like, you know, why are like, you know, like, you know, this, this is like ancient type of thinking. We need to get yeah. out of this kind of system and say, everybody's an individual and everybody's, uh, mm. everybody has rights and preferences that should be respected. But then our parents still do that because I feel like they yeah. have grown up with that. So mm -hmm. those type of habits are hard to break. So like now we live in this world where, you know, we're told that we have to make our decisions on our own and those things happen and all that. But our elders were always, you know, told that. Yeah. And they just kind of followed that. And I feel like they've just 
they'll do it for the rest of their lives. So anyway, we can continue with the story. Did you actually end up getting engaged or uh, what happened after that? So, yeah, we traveled to my dad's uh, town and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole, you know, preparation and everything started happening and I didn't even understand, you know, what to do. And they got the dress, they did everything. We, and then the day comes and like my dad even Mm -hmm. didn't have this conversation with me at all about it. And all the conversation was about that, Mm -hmm. you know, if everything is in place, all that, Mm -hmm. um, the engagement moved forward and it was in a proper, you know, it was a proper ceremony. So many people came over there. I think like hundreds, I don't even know the number of people that came, like it was a proper function because it was such a blurry day for me. We had like proper photographers over there. So it was wild. And I remember that I couldn't, my, I had lost my appetite and, you know, he and I were also not talking to each other because obviously like we both, I felt like at that time we both didn't want it. But then none of us could say anything because, you know, it's the elders. What will they say? And now we're, the function is happening. And I remember everyone kept trying to tell us to smile for like the cameras and everything. And we're just looking at each other and it's so awkward. Like, okay, um, you could see that it was so forced. But in your case, it seems like uh, it was like a big event. Like they had, you know, everything kind of yeah, like a mini wedding. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, you know, it kind of made it so official to the point that if you go back from that, it won't happen, you know, because like so many people that I didn't even know attended that engagement, which was mad. Like I, if people are coming, they're giving gifts. And in my yeah. head, I'm like, I don't even know them. And then, you know, at the weddings, they're like, Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Ah, oh man. Okay. Yeah. So, it, so the engagement happened. Wild. Um, um, you said your dad did not talk to you. He just kind of went, chalo, chalo, sala karte Achha. Yeah. Did you ever at any point in time after that start coming to terms with this and saying, okay, yeah, ho gaya, now I have to go through with this? Or, or did you fall into like a rebellious mode? I first became rebellious. Then I came to terms with it. And then I became rebellious again. So it was like kind of like transitioning into different phases over and over again, because when I traveled back, obviously it's not a secret that, you know, I'm engaged and, you know, I told my friends and the word kind of spreads around. And it was pretty tough because people don't understand that, like the the kind of situation that I'm in. And I kind of lost focus in terms of my education. I became so reckless. And then um, at one point in time, like I was like, you know what? Let me try to make this work. And, but at that point, mm. I didn't know what love was, you know? So even if you try to mingle around and you try to, yeah. you know, speak and everything, everything seems fine because you're cousins and, you know, you can talk like that. But um, it still felt weird, you know? Um, but then everything was going fine until I started realizing that, you know, this is not for me because obviously, the person like the more you grow the more you start to realize and understand that person you know that you're talking to and as a child obviously when you're growing that's when you understand these things so i was growing up at that point and then i started realizing oh this is not right yeah and uh, and how long were you engaged was it like a few months or a few years so i was engaged for seven years wow and seven two years like i kind of like just kept fighting with my parents Hmm. because uh, obviously it takes time to break these type of things off, especially when families involved. Um, so yeah, pretty long time. Seven years, uh, yeah. So yeah, you were basically yeah. 19. Up until you were 19, you were engaged. Yeah. Okay, so then you said uh, for, for a period of time, you started kind of accepting this, like, you know, TK, you know, try to make it work. But like you said, you know, uh, yeah. your, your understanding of what love is or what marriage could be at such a young age, right? You, you, you hadn't really developed that yet. Uh, especially, you know, I'm sure you were trying to focus on your studies too. Like, many you know, sort of roti ani pakani. At that point, when I did get engaged, I stopped focusing on my education in a sense that I could not focus at hmm. all. Agar itne piche, like, you know, in your head, you have this thing that, oh my God, you know, I'm engaged mm-hmm. and now I don't know when my parents are going to get me married off. And especially when I remember I was like 15 and 16, it started really, really hitting me because. People started talking about how um, 
you know, I might get married. Yeah. And I kept telling them that um, specifically actually when I was 14, um, I remember one of my cousins approached me and she's like, you know, you might get married by 16. And I said, how do you know that? And that, you know, elders are having this conversation that the sooner the better engagement should not be for that long. And that, you know, if you guys do nikah, it should be fine. You can do the Ruxati later on, the Valima and all that. But um, you should have them married. And I really fought with my parents about that as well because pressure was a lot. I could start feeling it because my aunt kept saying that, you know, when are they going to get married? When we should start, you know, looking into it. And I told them that over here in Dubai, 18, marriage below the age not of 18 allowed, is yeah. like, you know, not allowed. So I tried to find my excuses, you know, that it's not allowed. So just let it be and let me finish my education. So it kind of like, we just tried to move things forward just like that with type of like excuses until it reached to a point where I felt like my education was being affected to the point that I felt like I could not become something <laughs> that I wanted in the near future. So I thought that maybe I'll have to get married and then I can pursue my education or my career. And that is what it had reached to towards like the complete end. Uh, yeah. Like they were like, go to Australia and he can pay for your education. This is not my parents' words, but this is my uh, family, you know, my cousins and all that they were saying. And I kept telling them that I don't want to get married and then finish my education because then responsibilities come after that mm. as well. But I don't think people yeah. understand those type of things. Wow. So, yeah, I really like, I think like after I came to university, I really had like a reality check that, hey, you know, um, you have to work yeah. on your career to become something in life. Otherwise, you know, things are not going to move forward and you're going to end up being a housewife. And I don't want that. Yeah, you don't want to be completely dependent on a guy. Uh, yeah. You know, even if you have a good, uh, good relationship, good consensual marriage and everything. Um, in general, I think now we're living in a society where everybody wants to be kind of independent. You know, it doesn't have to be. Uh, you don't have to have a pessimistic outlook of it. Like, even if, which uh, be that, right? You know, the guy could become unable to work for whatever reason, right? They they can have issues themselves. We'll be insani. Um, and it's good for a woman to be able to support herself too. Now, I understand that, like, um, if women choose to be housewives, like yeah. in my case, they were supportive that, you know, you can work and all that. Mm -hmm. But all I could hear was that they want you married. Yeah. You know, they just want you to get done with the shadi. Okay, shadi karo. Ek saal Pakistan mein rao. They'll teach you their ways and then you can go abroad and then you can continue your education. And then mishaps happen. I have seen a lot in my family. They end up starting a family and then, you know, women are not able to continue with their education mm -hmm. because it becomes really hard. And I feel like people don't talk about these things yeah. because family planning is not a thing in Pakistan, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, like, I just felt like, you know, my values and his values were different. As I grew, I realized that I want to be more independent. I want to work on myself and I want to do it, you know, without him. And yeah. that is the route that I took. Yeah, yeah. And then going back to what you mentioned earlier uh, about the legal age to get married in Dubai is 18, right? Um, yeah. I have, I have, to, I have yeah. to finish researching this. In Pakistan, I think the minimum age is 18 as well. Though... Uh, I have to confirm because yes. one of the articles I'm reading right now shows that there's a little debate going on uh, where the Islamic, you know, kind of scholars are saying, hey, yeah, you know, these types of restrictions are haram, they're anti-Islamic. Uh, as soon as a girl becomes, you know, gets into puberty, she, she's allowed, you know, you're allowed to get married to her. So they're trying to fight against. And uh, ironically, the person who's trying to pass this bill, at least on this article, is Seher Kamran, who is, you know, from that PIS. Yeah, the senator oh proud to be Pakistani videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, it seems like she's trying to actually set the legal age to eighteen, and a lot of the scholars are fighting back. Actually, about that, uh, just recently, a friend of mine had sent me a picture. I'll try to look it up and send it to you later. Um, it was basically a picture about the rule in Pakistan of it being the age of eighteen, if I'm not mistaken that uh, you cannot get married. And if I think a woman does get married or if a guy gets married without consent, um, you know, they can get jailed and all of that. Some some type of, I think, law is there, however. Yeah, it's the one thing um, to write, write a law a huge... down or write a policy and then another exactly. thing to actually enforce it. So Pakistan may have that, you know, they laws are not enforcing it, I think. Yeah. Um, also, I, yeah, now that I think about it, the engagement, but then also, I know, the actual engagement should also be considered as part of this criteria. Like, 
engagement or against consent any any age right and against consent uh, nobody should be forced into an engagement even though they're not married yet i think that um regardless of laws being there the elders might still talk about it right because i think there's something yeah. that cannot be stopped yes kids can go up and you know try to fight for themselves but then there's another issue with that where you know pakistanis end up bribing mm-hmm. and then they get away with yeah. it you know so i feel yeah. like those things will take a lot of time to change but it is a possibility and i feel like there should be more help for you know uh children who are going through that like you know if for example if they're going through it and they report it what is the next steps because if their family pays off and tries to take the child back they're basically being forced to marry without mm-hmm. consent so i think that nothing protects them over there luckily like somehow you know with my like case i ended up fighting it through but i was in dubai so i could like you know call the police and be like hey my parents are like getting me married without my consent so they would have you know fallen into trouble but in pakistan if that would have happened i don't think i would have survived that and police uh, you know police we they're not entirely dependable police you know you might not be taken seriously especially if you're yeah. a kid in, in this situation a forced marriage or forced engagement right they'll be like beta apne maa baap se baat kar lo wagaira Yeah. They're not going to take you seriously, unfortunately. But they do that for couples as well because I've heard hmm. that uh domestic abuse when women go through that or even if men I think like a lot of men don't really uh talk about it but I'm sure that they go through it as well in Pakistan and when they do go through it and they go to the police they say ke aap log ke aapas ka mamla you guys have to sort it out because you guys are married. Yeah. So this is just between you guys. Yeah. Hmm. So they don't really do anything about that as well. and also the scholar thing that you mentioned it's a pretty uh, crazy discussion uh, you know on my tiktok video as well right now because right now i have 1.5 million views and the only reason why is because people are still engaging on that post mm. and people are arguing um like every day that i open my tiktok i see people arguing still that uh, the scholars say that you know it is okay to get married uh you know at a young age as long as you know the lady uh, you know a girl becomes a woman and uh, you know that's how it happened in the prophet's time but then people are arguing yeah. as well that you know the now the world that we live in these things are not okay because there are different laws yeah. in place and uh, they say that you know whatever the sharia law is being uh, whatever is happening in this country for example in dubai if it's not allowed it is not allowed that is the rule that you have to follow so right. I feel like everyone has like different yeah. opinions about religion but then I feel like our culture ruins it the most. Right, right, yeah. It's a very fiery topic I think, yeah. This is a never ending yeah. debate or yeah, there's just yeah. so much uh, ambiguity I think and a lot of this is because of the scholars themselves scholars itna ladte hain aapas mein, right? Pehle kehte hain ki scholars ke paas jao, uh, you know, humne sabse zyada padha hua hai, hum Islam ko jante hain, hamare paas aao, you know, to answer these mm-hmm. types of questions. But then you find you find scholars mm-hmm. like two different scholars who absolutely hate each other. They've studied the same amount and yet uh, you know they come to completely different conclusions one says you know yeah allowed hai dusra kehta hai allowed nahi hai and then they got death threats against each other death mm. fatwas and all that it, it's a it's like a mafia pura <laughs> you know badmashi ka system hai basically yeah it's just that like i feel like you know reading these stats as you mentioned that you know you don't really believe it until you see some one you know close to you or you yourself are going through it like you don't understand the height of the situation it is so frustrating I feel like in the position that I am now I still see a lot of people that I personally know go through that and even though their elders have seen what I've gone through I'm considered as a rebellious child so <laughs> nobody's going to try to understand like what yeah. I went through so they still think that you know if they do the same thing with their children who are you know grown up and they can make you know decisions you know uh, mm-hmm. for themselves I think they can still do that to them and that is what sucks because um that's when you know the abuse the mental and physical abuse starts again if you can continuously say no yeah yeah it's a clash so, it's yeah. a yeah. generational clash basically unke values bilkul alag hain hamare values thode alag hain um and uh, you know religion especially people get very emotional about things like culture and religion ke yaar humne in cheezon ko preserve karna yeah. even i agree to with that you can back off मैं तीस सालों का हूँ सो आम लाइक इन बिटवीन द टू जनरेशन मैं काफ़ी अंडरस्टैंड करता हूँ यार ठीक है यू नो देर सम वैल्यूज इन आर कल्चर और रिलीजन दैट वी शुड प्रिजर्व आई थिंक अलॉट ऑफ पीपल अग्री टू दैट हम बस ये कहते हैं कि यार बेसिक चीज़ें जो हैं 
if without getting into the weeds of whether it's allowed in Islam or whether it's not allowed in Islam, let's just understand that in the past, these things are not going And then, you know, you also have to think about this image that is set in Islam, right? And if you think about it, even if the Prophet married Aisha at such a young age, uh, my brother mentioned this, it was a very good argument, right? they're his biggest critics. They criticized him about a ton of other mm-hmm. things, but they never criticized his marriage or marriage choices, right? So, in culture, there was a context, culture, or modern dunya mein in cheezon ko accept nahi kiya jata so we have to kind of you know uh, conform with that and uh, you know when we do these types of things especially such things ke, you know ladki khud agree nahi kar rahi, right it's against her consent it's like basic common sense to me it's a common sense violation of human rights or in cheezon pe bhi hum islam ko dal rahe you know we're we're uh, tarnishing kind of the image of islam by putting our own emotions on the line 100% i think that um people try to uh you know combine culture and religion as one and that is i think where we go wrong because in our religion yes these things have happened you know where uh you know these type of marriages happened however um there is this thing called consent as well where it has been mentioned i remember listening to mufti mank as well and he was i yeah like yeah. listening to him because you he like mufti mank yeah yeah <laughs> I haven't listened to him much. My sister keeps telling me about him. She's like, Mufti Menke, you got that Mufti Menke. I'm like, since when did you start listening to any Mufti? <laughs> she's, not, she's not that religious, but she likes Mufti Menke. So I got to start watching him too and see what he's yeah. about. He talks about the religion, but he doesn't talk it in yeah. a way where you have to do it like this. You know, he'll talk about women's rights. He'll talk about, you know, men's rights, but he will not. Um, it's like. You know, I yeah. enforce that you, you have to make sure that you follow it like this. Otherwise, you know, guna milega, you know, otherwise you're a sinner. There are scholars who do that, you know, mm-hmm. that you should follow it by the book. But then he doesn't do that. He just tries yeah. to educate people. So he also has like this um, video about, you know, consent that if you are going to get your child married, ask them. If your child says no, you should listen to them and get them married to someone who they say yes to they're allowed to meet however you know uh, elders should mm-hmm. be there at all times meet in like public settings um it's completely fine meet however like much you mm-hmm. want but in boundaries mm-hmm. okay that and if she says he or she says no and you still try to force them to get married that marriage is nullified so that marriage does not exist okay you get married you are you know you have kids and everything in islam your marriage is like nullified mm. completely so that is there in mm. our religion but then when you try to teach this to your elders they don't listen but when it comes to you know uh for example if i don't listen to my parents they'll be like uh you know i have the right to get you married to whoever I want to. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this sentence yeah. so many times from a lot of people yeah. who go through this. That is where they go wrong. Yes, we are supposed to respect our elders, especially our parents. You know, we have to do a lot for them. However, these type of decisions are not supposed to be made by them. They can only assist us you know, uh, through this journey and process. So parents think that they have the right to say yes or no in that case as well, which is mm. then they, they bring in the religion and everything. Or how, yeah. you know, our, us ourselves, when we say, okay, you're saying that you're elder to us and that you have this right. However, our religion says, no, that the marriage is nullified. Then they don't listen at all. They're like, but the music comes out. Lekin, uh, you said Mufti yeah. Mank, right? Mufti Mank bola. I think mm-hmm. I, I agree with what he said and it makes a lot of sense. The issue probably is if your parents probably don't listen to Mufti Mank. They probably have another scholar. My mother family is both. Like my, I tell my mom, this YouTube video, this you know, uh, Mufti Sahib has said And my mom will be like, no, 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 that's not true because my Mufti Sahib, who is in Pakistan, mein rehte hain, uh, you know, but you should listen to scholars over here who live over here who understand the issues over here like i said scholars are not on the same page because we have a central 
we don't have a central authority right now in Islam. Uh, you know, like Christians have the Pope, for example. Whatever the Pope says, Catholics, right? Uh, whatever the Pope says, uh, everybody can follow it. So they have that kind of advantage. Yeah. In our case, every mufti can fight another mufti and say, well, what you said is haram or halal, you know, um, it's not right. Uh, anyway, so we can finish your story. Uh, I think we, di- we, we <laughs> diverted a lot. You, you said you were engaged up till you were 19 for about seven years, right? Um, like you said, you fell into kind of a rebellious mode again. How were you able to get out of this? So it kind of like started with the realization that this is mm-hmm. not for me. And I think my parents did not understand what that mm-hmm. meant because for them is Mary Batsuno and that this is right for you. And everyone kept telling me that, you know, don't make a mistake that will, you know, ruin your reputation in that case. And um, I just did not agree because I, the more I spoke to the guy, the more I realized that I have different values and, you know, Guys tend to, like, mm. you know, typical Desi guys will end up saying that she doesn't know how, you know, Pakistani households are. When she will get married, then I will teach her these things. And these things were told, like, I was told these things. So I was like, okay, mm. that, you know, if this is how it's going to be, I don't want this. I remember him saying stuff like, because it was all about my education, actually. So my, there was one point when I started university. So there, instead of doing A-levels, I did foundation. So that's like an entry level to university. Like it's like six to eight months. And I had just started that. And my father, he was really ill. So he was like, you know, I have to quit my job. And we might have to ship to Pakistan. And the first thing that this guy thinks is that, you know, uh, I think that your dad must mm-hmm. be worried about, you know, marriage and all that. And I look at him and, and he was here in Dubai at that time when my yeah. dad quit his job. And I look at him and I'm like, that's the only thing that he can think about. Like, yeah. my dad just, you know, is going to quit his job because of his health. He's not going to be thinking about marriage. He's going to think about, <laughs> yeah. you know, moving to Pakistan and his health and all that. You know, obviously I'm like, okay, I'm starting university. I don't want to move to Pakistan because I will not survive there. Um... And then I just started talking to my parents, like, you know, please just send me abroad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's way cheaper and the same amount that you'll be paying in Pakistan, you know, you can just send me abroad and I'll, I'll be good. You know, I'll like work and I'll get experience. So at that point, my my dad looked like, you know, he was like getting convinced because I was doing so much research about it. And then this yeah. guy, uh, I remember I had this phone call when I, mm-hmm. while I was in university and um I told him, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm looking at universities abroad. He's like, what? And I said, yeah, I am. Like, I'm just checking up, you know, op- uh, keeping my options open. He got so mad at me and he's like, uh, you're not going to go abroad. I'm not going to allow it. Uh, my father is not going to allow it. And I was like, excuse me, who are you to say that to me? And you're not paying for my education. You know, my father is going to be paying for my education. So you have no right to say that. So Apparently, I was rude uh, right. to him, and uh, and I just said what and I said what I, I had to say, and I felt like I said the right thing because I was like, you know, how engagement we we are not even, you know, in the guy fight. Um, if I was your wife, yes, it was understandable for you to argue like that with me, but about my education, you can't mm-hmm. say those things, you know, because yeah. I'm not in your house yet. So he just kept arguing with me about that and he would not let me focus on my education. And I remember those days were so stressful for me and he made it even more stressful. And he just kept trying to bring that up. And at one point, he really pushed it by saying that, um, you know, send me your grades of uh, O-levels. And he was, because after he was in Dubai, he traveled to Pakistan. Mm. And he tried to look for a university without asking me oh. so because he was like okay you know they're gonna Submit move so i should look for yeah. right yeah. yeah and um so that i don't have i if my dad sees that i got like admission then i don't have to look for abroad like and that was like crossing the line for me and he he was like now i'm gonna get the parents involved because you know but the music oh you're not listening to me i was like okay involve the parents and i had told my mom everything as well 
Um, but I needed a fight. I don't know what, yeah. but this yeah, was it was, it was and time, I, yeah. I took this opportunity. Yeah, I took, the opportunity. The iron I took this opportunity and I was like, <laughs> strike well, the iron's hot. <laughs> I was like, exactly. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take this chance to break the engagement off. But it kind of became very ugly for me because, um, at that time, I remember like after a couple of months, like my dad decided to stay and all and, yeah. uh, you know, start a business yeah. over here. And this argument was still going on because he and I stopped talking to each other. And it, it reached to a point where my parents thought that I would change my mind, mm. but they didn't understand that this is not what I wanted anymore. So it got really, really extreme. Like now I can say it, you know, by laughing and all about that time. I used to cry so much like that. Please listen to me, you know. And um, when it broke as well, I was upset that, you know, with the way that it ended because it was over call. Like, I think it was like Skype call where my mom was talking to them and, you know, they started, you know, just saying that, you know, your daughter is really ill-mannered. She should listen to her parents. I don't know why she's disrespecting you like this. And, uh, you know, my mom said this one thing that I clearly remember. She was like, if my daughter is so bad, then why do you want, you know, them to be engaged? Because at this point you're saying these things and why didn't you say these things mm -hmm. before? So... Because like after I think like a day or two, they were trying to, you know, try to yeah. patch things up. And then I think that my mom had that realization that no matter what she does or says, I will not listen to her about that because yeah. they were not listening to me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell everybody that you guys are going to like force me mm -hmm. to get married to someone that I don't want to. And I will call the police and I'll do that. So it was like me <laughs> constantly threatening them threatening because I was <laughs> Yeah. I was threatening my own parents. Yeah. I, like you threatened me, I threatened you now. Do you think it worked? I was so yeah. <laughs> <It did. laughs> That's good. I think I think that uh in the beginning I was threatened so much by them because they kept saying things like university you know, um school to And then at that point when they were not listening to me, I was ready to end up on the streets. I was like I will pack my bags and I will go. I will live on the like street, but I will not stay with like my parents because they will end up getting me married to someone that I don't want to marry. And it was so extreme. Like I had given up on everything and I had nothing to lose at that mm. point. And I think that that is what scared them, that they knew and understood that I had nothing to lose is when they ended up agreeing because they knew that I was serious that I would leave the house. Because I remember there was a time where I was so close to doing that. I remember uh, packing my bag and um, my brother kind of realized, and he was pretty young at the time. And he was like, you know, please, Api, don't yeah. do this. <laughs> he started crying. <laughs> he started bawling his eyes out. I'm like, please stop making me emotional, you know? Wow. And I think the main reason to why I ever stayed was because of my siblings. Um, even though they were pretty young, uh, they kind of still supported yeah, right. me, even though they didn't understand the situation. Yeah, in our culture, you know, going back to the whole Batamizi thing, I don't know why in our culture, it's like you pick the girl first and then you want to change her. So you don't pick her because of what you like about her, right? Like, for example, simple example, at the same time, you like biryani, Okay, now uh, you feel it's like a, her obligation to learn all of those things rather than finding a girl who can cook all those things in the first place and is gifted with cooking, right? Everybody continues to learn, but they have to express those types of interests. They have to have those types of interests. For example, I love cooking, for example. So I even taught my wife a little bit of cooking. So I can say, right? Um, but a lot of guys will be like, you know, and it's like, dude, laundry So what are you gonna teach me possibly about uh taking care of a home when you haven't taken care of a home yourself? <laughs> I find that really ironic about guys uh in our culture, like the old uh, you know, cultural type of guys. Actually, that yeah. also, uh, you're 100% right. And one more thing that when guys go abroad, like, you know, as a bachelor and everything, and go, so I have heard people say, 
you know mujhe shaadi karni hai mujhe shaadi karni hai and the reason why they want to do that is because they don't want to do those things anymore they don't want to do those things <laughs> bad made chahiye unko yeah Haan. yeah uh, so so you said basically you, yeah. you guys had this kind of uh, altercation on Skype thodi you know back and forth hui aur wahan pe was a decision made shortly after that to break off the engagement yeah so that's uh, that was when you were 19 and now you're 21 so that's only been like what two years or less yeah two and a half two years yeah about that yeah so yeah. the thing is yeah. like with these things like um even before that like i know that for seven years i was engaged and then i think like towards like you could say those seven years like towards the end only the fights like really started becoming intense so when like it officially mm-hmm. broke it was like proper like seven years but the arguments and everything started beforehand itself because they, these type of things they don't happen overnight i was fighting for about one and a half years um mm-hmm. i kept telling them that actually my parents knew that i wanted to break the engagement off and yeah. they would yeah. not say anything and they'd be like yeah ha hum baat karenge and i remember uh my uncle and aunt went with us for umrah and the entire trip i was so anxious because i was like abhi baat karenge you know they will just <laughs> talk to them and i had this like yeah you know i had just convinced myself that somehow they will speak to them but they didn't and i really broke my heart and you know that is when slowly i started threatening them i was like okay so now you're not listening to me at all and you promised me now i'm going to start playing yeah. my cards and then once it became to the point where you know it it became too much that is when um that fight picked up as well so i just needed a reason to try to break the engagement off and i just took that and i went at it um yeah yeah so it's like i yeah. feel like people don't understand the kind of hardships people go through and um how many how it really affects your relationships with people but in my yeah. opinion like all of those things really taught me that you know blood is in everything and that i have found better more royal relationships with people outside of my family and i feel like they've supported me more with this decision than anyone else so now that i go and see those people that were you know against me breaking my engagement off i don't see them the same way now that you're also an adult right now you can fully understand and uh, analyze the situation over the last uh, you know 12 years of 10 years of your life at least I know that for your parents it was probably a very difficult conversation that's why they probably uh, stalled on this a bit right like, you know you were like host uh, abhi baat karenge abhi baat karenge but they didn't do it it was probably because they were very uncomfortable but that's not nearly as uh, painful as what probably you went through right for about 7 years of the engagement so to go through this I'm sure you're on a path of recovery like it's not just uh, something that you're over right away right although you have those funny tiktoks yeah, and everything course. I mean I know you put them made them humorous uh but but uh, there is a lot of sadness in there too that i could sense you know obviously it was a real story it's not like something made up so <laughs> that's why i reached out to you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that uh especially like when it comes to tiktok and everything you can't make it too sad either so obviously that entertainment like aspect had to be put in but then um yeah. it's pretty painful still because at the end yeah. of the day um coming to terms with it is really tough when you meet family um that they make you feel like yeah, you know yeah. you made the wrong decision or something you know mm-hmm. i went to pakistan uh during december and i went after four years so my engagement had already mm-hmm. broken during that period of time so they had not seen me during that period of time at all yeah so i went and uh you know they're giving me like weird looks like you know hey you know i am still the same person yes you yeah, know yeah. i've grown a lot but I knew I I kind of expected it but still when you start going through that right it's really painful because you're going there to enjoy your time and then people are just like staring at you and then asking you questions like oh so are you still talking to them or uh you know all those kinds of stuff and I feel like people around me make it more difficult for me yeah. like my own family makes it more difficult for me to move forward yeah so yeah yeah right yeah like the most uncomfortable thing I think around this would be extended family whenever you you already know when you're not there or when you're yeah. in the other room then they're talking about your puspus ho rahi hai kanon mein so that uh, then they then they wonder ke yaar ladki family ke saath time kyun nahi guzarti family ke kareeb kyun nahi hai right family se dur kyun chali gayi hai usne you know apni apni company bilkul badal li hai gharelu ladki nahi hai gharelu isliye nahi hai kyunki aapne usko you know uske saath trust establish nahi ki wo 12 saal ki thi to farzana aapne to 
उसकी पेरेंट्स को सपोर्ट किया यू सपोर्ट दी हेल्पलेस इनोसेंट गर्ल एंड नाउ यू वांट हर टू one of my aunts uh she was like you know cuz she's my dad's sister so she came to me and she's like oh are you talking to his mom you know because she had traveled and she came to the house so you know she's busy so i'm trying to be as normal as possible and everyone's asking me like are you talking to her and i'm like yes and then the conversation always ended up being about the engagement and i i think that i put i completely um put a pause to that you know conversation by saying that you never cared enough to ask mm-hmm. me if i was okay mm-hmm. so you have no right to ask me how i am now in the sense that how i'm interacting with these people because you really don't care you just want to know you know the gossip you want to know the tea and i really said that to them directly because i feel like if you don't do that and i at this point don't care if i'm rude because they really don't respect my boundaries they never did and they just want to know uh you know what is up and everything and um, it was a very difficult con- a difficult conversation as well but yeah. you have to say right. it you know uh, people don't mm-hmm. understand that at all because shortly after my engagement broke my uncle passed away as well and uh, he got engaged to someone else at that time and um we were like coming to terms with it as well and uh, when my parents flew to you know my uncle's you know funeral it's like in there is a post that i saw as well that in pakistan people are more concerned about the food that they have to serve the guests than actually mourning mm. you know the loss that has uh, happened within the family oh yeah right, so right. when my parents flew out i was here because i had university so when they did uh my mom was really upset uh because not only was you know the, the loss of our uncle was like obviously really hard but then other people were making it hard for us that you know because they were coming and they were like oh so um why did the engagement break and these people have no you know right to ask us those things but they feel the need to as well so yeah i mean in that case yeah. like it's really really hard to move forward in that case because it's always like a reminder that yeah. i went through this yeah, yeah. but in a negative right. yeah they they're not helping you get over it basically exactly yeah flashbacks aa ja rahi hai yeah and like the thing is like i really don't mind having a conversation about it but i really want people to understand how i feel as well that this is a very sensitive mm-hmm. topic to me like for example if i talk to my friends about it i'm very open with it i talk to strangers about it because mm-hmm. you know obviously since the tiktok thing happened i've had like numerous conversations with a lot of people and i'm okay with having those conversations but then now it's like um yeah like i'm comfortable with these conversations but with my family i'm just not and recently mm-hmm. my parents just moved to pakistan so i feel like um i will have to see them you know when i move when i like ship uh not ship sorry when i you know visit them in pakistan and everything uh so allah you know to shift over there ship to pakistan <laughs> yeah is your, so, is your relationship uh, still kind of uh, shaky with your parents you would say or has it improved it has improved a lot i feel yeah. like they really really trust me a lot and that is the reason why i'm actually here as well because i mean they completely shifted by the way so yeah right so since it broke uh we have a better relationship and everything i feel like there are a lot of things that still could change because they're very sensitive to their elders and all of that but topic too because i feel like my mom is way more sensitive my dad's more understanding of it now uh especially after like you know mm-hmm. he lost his brother um he kind of understood that no you know this was wrong and that you know no child should go through this and that he is more supportive of if anyone is going through that he tries to support them that hey you know this is wrong but um on the other hand my mom is a little <laughs> but a lot of it is just about like you know kuch cheeze aap achieve kar sakte hain kuch nahi kar sakte i think yeah. uh, and uh, maybe maybe that's good enough right they completely grew up in a different time so their their standards are very different from yours वो आप बिल्कुल उनको अपनी साइड पे नहीं लेके आ सकते सारे नहीं लेके आ सकेंगे कुछ लोग ले आते हैं बट नॉट ऑल पेरेंट्स आर फुली फुली यू नो अंडरस्टैंडिंग ऑफरस्टैंडिंग to yeah. go back there because 
now they're near the family. I mean, obviously they're going to be like living in their own house and all that, but yeah, it makes it more difficult for me because the guy is married now, you know, he has yeah. moved forward I in see. his life and, but then the people are still like that. They're ruthless, you know, no matter who gets married off and everything, they still like to bring up the things of the past. And that really puts yeah. you in a very like bad position because you just don't want to have that conversation anymore with people. Mm -hmm. Like I went, uh, when I went to Pakistan last time, my aunt was like, you know, after she, this conversation, you know, when I told her that, you know, you guys didn't care and all that, so she changed topic, right. okay, khatam ho gaya, but now what do you want to do? Uh, after you start working, you'll work for a year or two, then, you know, what do you think about marriage? And I was like, <laughs> you have no money. <laughs> after such a traumatic experience, you want me to think about marriage? <laughs> I swear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Filter to yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, because even one of my aunts, uh, like from my mom's side, when she visited over here, it was such a funny, like, and weird and awkward conversation. Like, it just the mood kind of shifted because even she said the same thing that, um, you know, a party ho, so you're gonna work on your career. Okay, then what? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm gonna see what I have to do in life. And she's like, then what about yeah. marriage? And I said that. After what has happened to me, I don't think that I'm going to get married anytime soon. And she became so offended to that. And mm -hmm. she's like, how can you say that? Um, and it was like as if I'm her child, you know, yeah. and right. she had no right to question me like that. And she was like, hey, you know, you won't be able to have kids and all. There will be so many problems. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's like, you know, she wants me to plan out my whole life. Like, I just have to get married so that I can, I should be able to have children by that time. Yeah. 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 Do you ever talk back to them, to the aunties, or uh, do you just kind of stay quiet? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, now people try to avoid picking fights with me because they know that I will answer back. So they try to avoid these conversations with me because I will just fire, like, and I will tell them off. Even if it upsets me that they're talking to me like this, I will still not be quiet because... The more you let them disrespect you, they're just going to keep gonna doing keep that as well. Stepping over you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have to kind of fight back. I mean, as politely as possible. Like in Kabi Kabi Thoda, I can understand. But the Mizi Hojati Khaso Bitney emotional topic on something that you went through, right? Personally, it's not easy to be, uh, you know, completely polite over it when they're stepping all over you. So I can understand that. For example, if I have this conversation, if it's about anything, I'll always speak to them politely. Yeah. But I know where to draw the line as well. So either like I don't I'm not that rude. I become sarcastic. So I will start bringing in their children as well. So if someone <laughs> asks me about like, you know, when I want to get married, I'll ask them about their kids. I'm like, when are you planning to get your child married? You know, and that's when the conversation completely changes because they're like, oh, you put them on the defense. Yeah. yeah I was so yeah. then we don't know how to answer to that, and the topic completely changes. You know, like them, but I'll tell them like, yeah, you know, at that time it was like, you know, shadi ki tayari ho gaye kine. I know. Just drew the line right. over there. Yeah. Yeah. Only thing that um, I think that like it's important to kind of like mention to uh, whoever is listening to this is that. You know, a lot of us go through this, but we don't have a conversation about it. And it's like really difficult to have this conversation with anyone. And I think that if anyone is going through it, they should come forward and have these conversations with people that they trust, because it's not OK to stay stuck in this, you know, loop with your parents where they're not listening to you and all of that. And I think that um, it's okay to ask for help because I feel like, you know, constantly we feel like, you know, we have to fight our own battles. And it's very important to know that there are so many people here to support you. Um, because when I posted this video, it was to, with the intention of making people aware that these things happen, even if they think that they don't anymore. And when the kind of response that I got, I realized that a lot of people started coming out with their stories on the comments and they were messaging me as well. Even if you choose not to tell your friends, there is this huge platform called TikTok. Share your story and tell people how you're feeling. Yeah. And if you, you know, some people need money to run away. I'm not even kidding. People put their like Venmo or whatever. You get so much support on these platforms. 
But just yeah. put yourself out there and share your story. And if you're still hesitant, talk to the people around you because it is just not okay to be in this situation. And we get this one life. Like, I don't think that you're supposed to continuously live the way that your parents want you to. I know that there is like a limit to that as well. Like obviously when you're dependent on them, you have to listen to them for a lot of things. Like I'm still dependent on my parents until I, you know, um, find my way, you know, for, in, in my career. But um, there is a limit to that as well, especially when it comes to conversations like this. And it's really important to stand up for yourself and the people mm -hmm. around you. Mm -hmm. So, so fight. yeah, fight for your rights and find support, right? A hundred percent. Awesome. Thank you once again for tuning in to this episode of Puckcord. Remember to follow Noor on TikTok and Instagram if you like this episode and tune into the YouTube video version of this episode as well if you haven't already. Share this with your family and friends and feel free to share your thoughts on our Instagram page. We'll see you next time. <laughs>